0: Today I'm with author Hannah Hess, um, who's just across the Bristol Channel from me uh, in sunny Wales. Um, Hello, Hannah. And for those who don't know you, haven't come across um, your work yet, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. Um, So I am a wife and a mum and a fairly newly published author, so I'm still adjusting to that. And yeah, I live in Cardiff um keep trying to get out and haven't really managed it yet <laughs> god wants me here for a reason um and yeah i guess the the most defining thing is i follow jesus and that's that's what defines my life more than anything else but yeah wife mum to three kids mm. not sure else to say and, uh, are you
0: are you you say you're still trying to get out of cardiff are you were you born born and bred
1: yes born and bred
0: Cardiffian is that a word yeah Cardiffian. what's the what's the name for people Cardiff, it'll really? do.
1: I'm not sure what I've never heard anything other than that. But yeah, Cardiff, it'll do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, born here.
0: Podcast <laughs> listeners, you can write in and tell us what somebody <laughs> yes, from Mac, I'm sure. Cardiff is. Some will have a
1: better idea than that. Um... But... <laughs> um...
2: <laughs>
0: and you say you're a newly published author. How many books have you written so far?
1: So I have two little books out in the world. So um, the Dark Star came first, and then uh, First Skyrider was released last year in the autumn. Um but yeah, I have more in the works, so I'm getting used to the idea.
0: <laughs> Exciting. And I notice um the so the Dark Stars, the first book, as you mentioned, and the second one at the top, it says Callanless, if I've pronounced that correctly, Chronicles. Yes. Is that how you say it? Callan Callen- last yeah. Actually Okay, Callanlass Chronicles. So um did you decide after the first book is this a um you wrote the first book, and then it kind of um, the uh, the big company came to you and said it needs to be a whole entire series like Indiana Jones and um, give us a chronicles. Um, or did you always have in mind that you were going to write a series of books?
1: Um, yeah, so it was a series in my head long before I actually went for it with publishing. I I sort of built this world up as a teenager and started writing the stories as a teenager, and it just kept developing. And so I'd always known that I would write well, always desired to write a series of books. And I think mm. publishers often like that. They like the fact that there's more books to come. Um, so I think it was in my favour that I had a series in my head ready. But um, yeah, so I've got another sort of... Yeah. I've, I've had about three or four books planned out and I might push it to a fifth um, in the main mm. series. And then we've got a couple of other little ones as well on the side
0: (laughs) oh exciting little little spin-offs yeah um okay so could you tell us a little bit more about the setting of your world you say you came up with it as a teenager um so tell us about it and maybe how it's developed
1: um yeah so as a a teenager and child I loved reading so I think I was reading lots of fantasy I mean Narnia just really set my imagination alight such a, a cliche but Cliché for a reason. (laughs) Um, And just any book um, that kind of took me out of this world, I suppose. So I I was just loving these stories and started to think, well, I'll create my own world. So I think, like, Mm. when I look back at my notes and things from when I was really young, it's it's morphed a lot. It wouldn't be recognisable now, I don't think. Um, Mm. But it's a world where there are dragons and... um, People are able to use it's it's telepathy and telekinesis really, but we call it mind arts and um, mind powers in the book. So people are able mm-hmm. to use their mind beyond their body to move objects and to communicate. Um, I think, yeah, it was just I wanted an element of the supernatural and magical, but without delving into things that could be. Um, i wanted it to require effort and to require um work do you know what I mean i wanted the kids or the, the people to have to mm. master something rather than it just being a power that you harness um let's try and think what else mm. there's like mountains and forests and yeah so <laughs> stars stars are really important stars become are able to come down and live among people as as human beings or appearing as human beings so that's a really important element in the world um I think that's, enough. <laughs>
0: that's, that's really interesting because um I didn't talk too much with Jamin still on an earlier podcast mm. about this but he has a similar thing about stars coming down oh no he's done um, it <laughs> but that's not something no well I'm, I'm just intrigued that two writers who yeah obviously don't know each other um have come up with very similar ideas and it's uh, it's not something I think I've come across before um, where where did that idea come from and uh,
1: are they representing something? Um, so my thought was I want, again, I want supernatural. Um, I wanted a supernatural element, a magical element. Um, but I wanted it, again, to avoid sort of the, the cliche of a lot of the fantasy books of elves and um, dwarves, which nothing wrong with that, but it has been done a lot. Um, and yeah. in... C.S. Lewis, in The um, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, they meet a star, Ramandu, isn't it, who has been mm. uh, forced to live on the earth as a punishment, I think, for something he's done, or a um, penance kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure that the magician that they meet on the island with the, um, the duffelpuds, is also a star i think that's yeah. hinted at anyway i just remember this idea of thinking "Ooh, ooh, that's a good idea and no one's done that before so i kind of just borrowed so i, I did i said that i stole <laughs> it i stole it from c.s lewis and perhaps that's where he got it from too i don't know um, <laughs> but yeah so um brilliant yeah that's that was the root of it i, I think was just that yeah i thought it was a cool amazing. idea amazing
0: and you and you said you you loved uh, as a teenager escaping into another world and then thought, well, I can create another world did that did that help you as a teenager was that something that you were conscious of that you was there something to escape from i it, it, <laughs> yeah how did that help you growing up a teen, being a teenager is hard i recognize it's you know <laughs> everybody knows that it is pretty horrible isn't it um so yeah did did that whole help you navigate being a teenager
1: um it helped to a point I think I mean I think I you know I loved stories from a very young age I would read and read I think probably as soon as I could read a full book chapter book I would read so it wasn't just as a teenager but I think there was definitely an element of escapism or perhaps in the creating of my own world that was where the escapism was because I would literally lose myself and um I'd get very attached to characters and stories um I think there was definitely an element of struggling to not cope because I was, you know, I did well at school. I had friendships. um, But there was definitely an element of trying to escape or process the world that I was struggling with. You know, it is is really hard being a teenager, isn't it? You just, yeah, really, Mm. really difficult. So there was nothing particularly awful going on. But there was definitely Mm. an element of struggle, I think, in just fitting in and, and finding myself and books and creating a new world helped with that i think that kind of yeah helped process helped to escape helped maybe gave me a sense of control when i felt that other things were out of control
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, yeah yeah and and your characters are generally pre pre-teens, teenagers kind of around that that age bracket yeah um okay why 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 go for that Age rangers your your heroes for want of a better word, rather than adults or even younger children. What what was it about that age bracket?
1: Um, so that was just the age I wrote them at, partly because this was when the books started developing in my head, was I was probably sixteen, fifteen, that kind of age. And so they they just naturally had that age feel as I developed them. Mm. But then as my own kids were growing up, um, my my son is now, he's almost 15, which I can't really believe, He um, I was looking <laughs> for books for him to read and, and for my other son to read. And, you know, I I did re- resurface some books I'd read, but I found there was a huge gap, particularly in the Christian world, of books aimed at 12 to 16, I'd say. I think once you get into higher mm. education, there's a huge wealth of, of books aimed, well, perhaps not novels, but um books aimed at christian teenagers and again under under 12 there's a huge range of novels and and books Mm. 12 to 16 there was this massive gap and i was like well (laughs) where Mm. you know these kids this is when their brains are forming when their hearts and minds are forming and i just felt like this was a really sad gap so as well as me having just developed these books by chance i suppose in in my hmm. youth and in and, and young adulthood, I was like, well, now I need to write young men this age. I need to write young women this age because my kids, you know, there's, if there's a gap for my kids, there's a gap for other, other kids too. And yeah, so it became a bit of a mission. <laughs> so, um... Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> and do you,
0: do you feel that there are particular themes and ideas you can explore because they're that age? um are there are they just naturally things that they're going to be experiencing um because they're teens
1: um i think i think what i felt was i don't think the themes change i think if anything when you're a teenager you're thinking more deeply and more interestedly about the world um and so actually i think the themes would be the same so um love life death hero you know um what's life for Mm. I don't think that would be any different but perhaps the way you can write about it might be different in that um I think uh what I was thinking was that there's sort of as an adult you have a point at which you're it's called the suspension of disbelief isn't it so that ability to go oh yeah this could happen um Mm. I think you've got a much Lower threshold for that, like as in that kicks in really early. So anything a bit magical or ridiculous, you kind of know oh, this isn't realistic, and your your brain can't engage. Whereas I think with kids, um, that's not there. They you have to obviously. Oh, this sounds really patronizing. It's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, I love it because it means mm-hmm. that anything can happen. You know, you can mm-hmm. grab a dragon and tame it and ride it, and you're like, yeah, this is really exciting. Adult books don't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have the same. Um, uh, that sense of um, anything could happen and the, the that vivid imagination so I, I really like that that actually i think it, it gives you more freedom in one sense to explore these things um so i think I think the themes mm. would probably be the same kids are asking the same questions um in fact i think they're more likely to ask these questions than adults um but you can handle them with mm. a bit of a broader imagination and a bit more scope that which adds excitement to the story i think that's
0: <laughs> that's the, yeah that's brilliant uh, it's something that's come up in a number of the conversations through this uh this series on the podcast that um there is something yeah there's something about kids and teenagers because yeah i guess the possibilities are broader mm-hmm. the imagination is broader so they're asking the same questions they're facing the same issues as adults but but things are just more open mm. and so the possibilities um and so there's a just a lot more you can explore than with a jaded adult <laughs> who's already decided what's what absolutely um, but then at the same time that becomes something that adults can go back into because they are still asked well those questions are still there but perhaps they're not asking them in the same way anymore
1: well, so, yeah so many uh, adults i mean that's the read kids books don't they i'm like in fact at the minute that's mostly what i read is kids books because it just yeah yeah they're much Mm. more fun
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well that's why you can go back to narnia again and again and and so on because it is the same it's the same themes um but uh yeah allowing you to ask questions that perhaps you've stopped asking yeah um that is the beauty of writing things for kids it is for adults too oh love that um so uh, tell tell us a little bit more about your process of writing the books did you did you have particular themes so obviously you'd created this this world had evolved um but when you came to going okay i'm going to put this into a book did you think here's here's the theme that i want to write about now let's get my characters doing things or did you think here's a setting what are my characters going to do? What, how are they going to respond to the situation? I'm intrigued. Which way round you you came to it?
1: Um, yeah, I think because the world and the characters developed when I was a, a younger person, young, growing up, they um that came first, and I wasn't really thinking particularly deeply as I developed them. But then as I reached adulthood and my faith and the person of God and Jesus became so much more important to me and I think as I realized that that was what C.S. Lewis was doing and what other writers I loved had done was create books where these themes and these um theology and and ideas about the world could be explored I was like that's what I want to do and so it became more deliberate mm-hmm. as I got older saying that I I've, I've been really really careful what I did not want i really hope i've managed to sidestep this is to be preachy and to have a book with Mm. an agenda and i'm pretty sure c.s lewis i should have researched this before i spoke to you pretty sure c.s lewis or tolkien said something about yeah if you basically if you write with an agenda it kind of destroys the story you need the story must come first but i think if you're writing as a christian or any person whatever your deep heart is it will come out it will Mm. be there um and there have yes. been times when I've re you know, I have deliberately drawn in themes, but most of the time I'd say the story, the characters come first. They I mean Runa especially she just does her own thing and I'm I'm just along for the ride to be honest. She just she always surprises me, that girl. Um so yeah, so that the story, the characters come first. Um otherwise it wouldn't be an authentic story. Um yes. I think. And I yeah, I think you find it in any book that has an agenda. You spot it straight away. Kids, especially, they spot it straight away and it immediately puts them mm-hmm. off. So I've really tried to sidestep that idea. At the same time, the world and the, the Kalanas is underpinned by strong um theology, I hope, and principles of like, you know, mm-hmm. love and sacrifice. And yeah, there is something higher, there is a higher purpose to our life, there's a higher being, higher beings that we can relate to. Um yeah, and mm. yeah, a goal of, of doing doing what's right and good, and yeah. So, yeah, I hope that answers that question.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, it doesn't give much away to say that the two main characters uh, in the Dark Star, Runa and Zaphreth. Yeah, if I've pronounced that correctly. <laughs> um, start from they 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 both start from a place of loss. Um, so Runa has lost her mum, and is appears to have lost pretty much everything. Mm.
2: Um
0: and uh so why why did you choose to start with characters who had already suffered?
1: Yes. Um this is a really good question. In fact one of my friends who read through the book before it was published, she's she's just yeah, she's really been great in helping me get these books out. She she asked the question like does Runa's mother have to be And I understand that it's one of the most painful things, I think, that can happen to a person, isn't it? And so it did make me think. And I was like, I think, yes, because Runa would not be who she was without that. She would not be this Mm. um, adventurer trying to escape, trying to... um, I don't think she'd have been as dynamic because she had to learn from quite a young age, I think, to be resilient and to look after herself and... So, I think it is a key part of her story. Um, and again, Zafrith, he would not have gone seeking um, everything he seeks. You know, he's again, he wants escape, he wants something better, he wants something greater. He knows this life isn't enough, he knows it's not, it's broken. And I think those things were really, uh, they're the drivers in the story almost, that's what's pushing them forward. Um, I think as well, like with, 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 you know, kids are dealing with some horrendous things and it's really important that they have uh, stories that also deal with difficulty and suffering and show them a good way of dealing with it. And um, I think I think when I was growing up, I realised I was really ill-prepared for suffering and pain. Um, mm. The impression, I guess, I was given is like, if you do the right thing, then good things will come to you. I don't think that was the theology I was taught, but that was how it how it was. Hmm. The impression I received was if you do good things, then good things will happen to you. And of course, when you reach young adulthood and things start to go wrong, um, the immediate assumption is, well, oh, what have I done wrong then? What have I done? Um, and so it's really important to have characters that wrestle and struggle and and to give kids the, um tools and the structure so that when difficulty comes they know that or they have a better idea of how to handle things. But yeah, I think the um the the, the suffering that Runa and Zafris face is, is really important to both their stories and I and Runa does say, I realise at the beginning of the book she says something like, oh she didn't really miss her mother I think you've got a bit of an unreliable narrator there and I think actually the fact that she carries her mother's knife with her everywhere says you no, know, she does miss her mother her life would be very very different if she had had her mother with her um, mm. so I think yeah, it's, it's really good to think about, I, I think I wasn't as conscious about that element to be honest as I wrote The Dark Star it was just something that came out but talking to you and talking to other people I thought oh no, that is actually a really it's a really important theme that they both yeah, yeah start from brokenness and work towards something better from that so mm, yeah
0: that's fascinating and and so helpful um because again it it goes back to the authenticity of the story um it's it's real life mm. you know we we all face losses of different kinds um and being able to explore how you respond to that in a christian worldview mm. It's just so vital for kids, um, yeah. No, so yeah, thank you for doing that. But it's interesting that you did it unconsciously, because mm-hmm. um, I remember when we we started talking about doing this, having this conversation, and see the theme of the podcast is is grief and hope. And you're saying, well, I don't think I really write about that kind of thing, and I read pretty much page one, and <laughs> there's already loss. Um so you absolutely do write yeah. about that. Um but I guess in such a way that it's normal life. Yeah. Sadly, this side of eternity. Um grief. Grief mm. is a normal part of life, but it does shape us incredible ways, isn't mm.
1: it? Yeah, definitely. Um
0: so your your two books in, um to the Canon Last Chronicles. Yeah. Um, you save um, you've got plans for Possibly five books. So, have you have you written uh, three and four?
1: Um, Are I've, they just in the? They're in the works. So, I'm working on book okay. three, and yeah, so okay. yeah, that's in the works.
0: But, but meantime, um, and in fact, when somebody knew I was talking to you, <laughs> they sent me a message asking when the next book oh. is out, which is <laughs> very exciting. Um, so, tell us, there's there's something else happening before the next full book, as it were.
1: Yeah, so, um... Oh, I don't know how much backstory to give you. The short story is we are releasing a short story. Uh-huh. Um, Aha! Yeah. <laughs> in October. <laughs> so it's really exciting. Um, it's called The Water Maiden of Leolos. And it's, um... Yeah, it's like a, a, I guess, yeah, a spinoff is the best way to describe it. It's, it's shorter than a full-length novel, a novella. Um and yeah and then the the next the third it's so it's not really part of the main series the um the third book will be coming out then in a year after that so then about the winter uh 2024 but this one's coming out october 2023 so Ooh, yeah
0: exciting. exciting and so so when you say it's not part of the main series it's still in the same world
1: yes Is definitely right? part of Canon lass and Um, I think I can let you know that we're going back to visit Runa again. So um, that'll be really exciting. I think a lot of readers really latched on to her. So she's, she's featuring in the book. Um, Yeah.
0: But it does have maybe even more themes of loss (laughs) and struggle. Um, I mean, I love that. So uh, can you tell us more or is it so secret? No,
1: I think I can tell you something. I think, um, okay what was interesting was, i i this originally i had a plan to write part of the main series um sort of i don't know if readers might have noticed but when the first skyrider is set early in the world and ken is the main character there and at that point the island the whole island is one nation under king Elior. by the time runa comes along in the, ironically the first book um she's much later in the history um at that point the island is four four nations and so Kalanlas is only the central land and then you have Sardia in the south and two other nations in the north and so I wanted to explore how that happened um Hmm. so I kept trying to write it as a full-length book but essentially it's a tragedy it's a really awful part of the history and every time I came Hmm. back to it it was just the stories just were sad terrible things kept happening and terrible things kept happening to the characters and I was like I can't do this I can't do it to the readers (laughs) and um also no one's everyone's going to finish this book and be really depressed so it just never really um I couldn't really get to grips with it as a full-length novel and then when my publisher suggested that we maybe write a short story it just it was like oh okay so I have material here what if Hmm. someone Runa is looking back into the history, trying to work out what happened and why. You can deal with it from one step removed, so the tragedy is still there. I feel really sorry for a couple of the characters because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh, putting through, putting them through terrible things. Um, but you're a step removed. You're looking at it through diaries and letters, and you've got Runa to keep the um, the upbeat element and redemption can come out of that story in the the present in Runa's story. So, um, yeah, because I think as a reader, like we know in life, things aren't always resolved. So that element of realism is, yeah, most books would probably have an unhappy ending (laughs) because if you're just looking at this life, then, yeah, often things don't get resolved, do they? We often are left with pain. Um, The hope, I think, is that there's another life to come, isn't there? And that there's redemption in the future. We're waiting for that. And there's that hope. Um, but in a novel, you you need the redemption; otherwise, no one will ever read your books. <laughs> um, right. So, so well, I don't know yeah. Well, much. I don't know. Some people would.
0: <laughs> Except the, but, but what you're saying is that the, the redemption is found in, in the whole story. Yeah. That it does sit very much in that that whole story. So there might not be, redemption in the history yes. part of it um but but actually hopefully by that point you've read two of the books yeah. so you're getting a sense of that there might be some some resolution yes that's it i mean that's a that's a wonderful picture of how we can read the bible and that the fact that we've got the new testament we've got the the vision of revelation mm. and and that's the point of revelation isn't it that's if you just look at what's going on right now, Mm. it looks awful. It looks like the dragon's consuming everything. Mm. Um, It's disastrous, but the lamb wins. Yeah. Let me just, you know, pull back the curtain, show you that the lamb wins. So Mm -hmm. hold on to that while you're struggling, while you're facing persecution Mm -hmm. because the lamb wins. Um, Absolutely.
1: We know the end of the story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it enables you to get through the hard bit, doesn't it? But um,
0: yeah. yeah 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 trust, really trust the author um i like that it's something uh i think i'm trying to think who said it i think it was maybe doug McKelvey. Mm-hmm. um um maybe it was glenn and heidi johnston anyway um something said at hutchmoot conference somebody wiser than me um was was saying about how you you trust uh, when you when you go into a novel and and the reason you keep reading is that you trust the author, you trust the author to take you on the journey yes. through and and generally that they will take you to a point of redemption and some sort of resolution yeah. unless they're really depressing, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> but um, and and so we can trust the the great author yeah. of our lives, that he will take us through those he'll take us through those dark valleys, mm. um, but but out to redemption the other side um, so even just the fact of novels mm. and the way we read them and trusting the author is a is a wonderful picture of of, of trusting the great author
1: absolutely yeah or that image really good thought
0: um, I'm intrigued as to how the writing a short story um, so you, you say you didn't write the longer story because it was just too much <laughs> Uh, But has writing a shorter story, has that shaped the way you wrote that story in in any way? Um, Did you find it limiting or did you actually find it freeing because you knew it wasn't going to be too long? (laughs)
1: Um, I think it was really interesting, actually, because I've always said I can't write short stories. Whenever I try, they end up becoming chapters and, and part of a bigger story. It's just how my brain works. So I was a bit like... Oh, we'll see how this goes um and I had a, a it felt to me a very tight word count um <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was really interesting um I don't know are you up for a tangent I've thought a lot about you can always edit yeah, it out saying. if you decide it's not worth it um I've always <laughs> I've well I've thought a lot about um especially since having children uh rules and restrictions and like Uh, It really struck me that when we write a poem, for example, we put artificial restrictions on our writing. Um, But actually Mm -hmm. what it does is it creates a freedom to say something in a way that we wouldn't otherwise be able to say it. And I think Mm -hmm. in the same way, having this tight word count, a a small amount of space to say something, it really helped me focus and think, what am I really trying to say? Um, And just to to write the story as briefly as possible, possible not briefly as concisely as possible which i think actually is something i should probably apply more to my longer books it helps the reader i think you know you get rid of any waffle um and it really made me <laughs> focus <laughs> focus quite carefully on how i was saying things so in that sense yeah it was really um really interesting and yeah it made mm-hmm. me think again about how yeah actually when we impose restrictions it actually creates a kind of freedom and we think restrictions are restricting and um, bad, and we tend to see that, them as limiting, and it's like actually, limits are helpful, they help you to say something in a different way. Well, you write songs, you that's that's a very limited way, mm-hmm. you know. You have what three verses and a chorus, and you've got to say something in that time, yeah. Um, yeah. and you it's got a rhyme. I mean, I huh. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how you do it, not always. <laughs> well, no, not always. <laughs> Got a little bit of leeway with that. But um, do you know what I mean? I'm like, you've, you're putting these artificial restrictions on yourself, but it, it gives you the freedom to say yeah. something in a very um, in a very different way that you wouldn't otherwise say. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was yes. good. Sorry, that was a really deep answer. I could have just said no, it was really awful. <laughs> really hard work.
0: No, I think that's absolutely right. And it it, it, it is hard work, isn't it? And uh, like you say, I don't, I don't write novels, I write songs. Um, and so it's even, even shorter. <laughs> but... Um, but when you put in the hard work, yeah, and you pick just the right word, or just the right few words, and it's it it hits the nail mm. on the head. It's a, it's it's a beautiful thing, and much better than waffling.
1: And it's very satisfying. So, I think I feel like oh yeah, there we go. Mm. I wrote what I thought was going to be a seventy thousand word story in in fifteen twenty thousand words, and it's like. That's an achievement. Yeah. And it yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? So, it's, yeah, it's been good. Mm-hmm. And I will hopefully apply it to my next couple of books as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Um, where can people find more of what you do?
1: Sure. So I have a website at www.hrhess.com always worried i've got that wrong um i'm also on facebook as a hr hess author i'm on instagram same kind of tag and you can also check out um 10 of those website and they imprint, reformation lightning they have all my books um yeah so i hope that's enough information to find me <laughs> that's
0: brilliant and we'll we'll put all the links i should have said at the beginning i dug the same thing you use your middle initial because you're a writer you? You? Yeah. yeah. What's what's your middle name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a secret. No, oh. <laughs> it's Ruth. <laughs> Ruth.
0: Ruth. Oh, okay. Very good
1: name. Oh, that's that's good, that's solid, nice. name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good solid name.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Good solid name. H R S. H R S. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you again um, for coming on. Oh, the thank you. It's been a and, pleasure. Um, Really enjoyed it. And listeners, please go check out um her books now. Editor Michael here. Um in a moment gonna play a song of mine, um, which speaks to that uh the fact that we can face the difficulties and struggles of this life because we do know the end of the story. Um so that's in a song that I wrote for my dad just before he died, and based largely on things that he was saying during that time. Um, uh, And then after that, also stick around because we'll be telling you about the competition for this week. Uh, But before that, Hannah has recorded herself um, reading from one. It's from chapter one of The Water Maiden of Laolos, which is Hannah's new book that's going to be out in the autumn. Enjoy.
1: Runa, the voice broke like a wave into her consciousness, drawing her from a deep sleep. Runa, I'm sorry to wake you. Runa, usually alert even when sleeping in her own bedchamber in Faldemore, groaned and turned over. She had been working with newly sworn sky riders all day, running from dragon to dragon to fend off disaster, or at least the loss of an arm. Only one rider had come away with singed hair, and Runa was counting it a successful day, but she was exhausted. Runa, I must speak with you. Runa dragged her attention from sleep to the sender. It's still dark, she managed to send, then realised it was King Elior and sat up in bed. My king! I'm sorry to wake you, King Elior sent again. Runa could feel his presence shimmering like light on water and the warmth of his voice even though he was miles away. Unlike most distant sendings, his were crystal clear like the light of the stars on a winter night. I assume it's urgent, Runa sent. She had worked hard on mind arts in her training, but still struggled. It was the king who covered the miles of land and sea that lay between them. I'm afraid so. You heard, I presume, of the death of the king of Sardia? Runa, still fighting sleep, forced her sluggish brain to focus. Yes, she had heard of the sudden death of King Lakesh several months ago now. His daughter had become Queen of Tsardia at only twenty-three. The new Queen has been quite militant in declaring her right to the throne of Kalanlas. It is distressing when we've worked so hard to bring peace to the border between our lands. My ambassador in Salma meets often with the Queen, but I believe these negotiations are failing. Runa's heart sank. Ten years had passed since she and Zafrith had got caught up in the enduring conflict between Sardia and Kalanlas. Peace had seemed strong and settled since then, and there had even been talk of inviting Sardia into the Skyrider exchange programme that now existed between Feldimore, Kalanlas and Meratheos. What can I do, my king? Runa asked. Runa had taken her oath as Skyrider of Feldemore five years ago, after completing her training in Kalanlas. Her main task now is to help train other novice riders. Perhaps the king wanted her to step up the training programme and involve more recruits, or return to Orr to work with the novice skyriders there. "'I want you to go to Orr and speak to my master of histories,' Elior replied. "'History?' Runa could not hide her dismay. "'I do not have time to explain now. You must trust me, Runa, as your king and as your friend.' "'Master Horgan will meet you tomorrow, in the library, at all.' "'Runa twisted her mouth, hesitant. "'My king, you know history is... "'Runa searched for a diplomatic way to say boring, dull, awful. "'Not my best subject.' "'The king's amusement did not help Runa. "'Trust me,' was all he would say. "'His laughter died quickly.' I know I need not impress upon you how important it is that we prevent this war. Runa's stomach clenched and a shadow fell over her mind. I know, she replied. May the light of the stars guide you, Runa. I hear and obey my king.
2: I feel cocooned In this small world On the edge Of what I can't hope To take in Help me see As eyes grow dim The great expanse That lies beyond This bell so thin As the tears flow May your grace flood in Show me what place just beyond The chariots of fire that line the hills around me Prize my fingers from this world Fill my eyes with him who holds me safe and sound As the When yesterday it seemed a million miles away good and faithful one, welcome home my son, welcome home
0: If you stuck around to the very end of the episode you're probably wondering what is the big giveaway this week well next week i'm going to be interviewed myself on this podcast uh, by radio presenter rachel redeemed and we're going to be chatting more about my album from which this podcast takes its name when there are no words so we thought for these two episodes it'd be good to give away a few copies of my album so um, i'm going to give away three copies and you can choose to have them either on cd or dig- digitally if i can say that word um, and i'm also going to give away a print of the artwork which was uh, by Jamin still um, who was on an earlier episode um, so you'll get an album and the album artwork uh, all you need to do i think you know this by now is share the episode or share an episode on social media Uh, maybe say something about it why your friends might want to listen to it tag me in it or let me know that you've shared it and you'll be entered into the draw and we'll announce the winners um, a week after the final episode drops and uh, then get the album out to you if you've won Um, so go for it please share the episode Um, please share it anyway even if you don't want my album You'll be entered into the draw anyway, and I guess if you win it, you could use it as a coaster if you want. A very pretty coaster. Um, But anyway, yeah, please go do that, and um, I look forward to the next episode. Bye.